Welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. I'm Orla, your resident tree-hugging, lemon-sucking, garlic-crushing hippie. Talking all things female health and wellness. I hope you enjoy. Hey, and welcome to episode 65 of Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. And... This week's episode, I'm kind of diving into some of my own head stuff, which I do every now and then for the people who have listened to this podcast quite a bit. For those of you who are just joining me, hi, I'm Orla. I ramble a lot (laughs) and I like to sometimes do episodes where I'm just rambling my own weird thoughts. And this week's one is around my fears around motherhood. It's something that has been showing up for me over the last few months. It's one of the the roller coaster questions that I had during lockdown, during COVID. I think everybody got triggered in loads of different ways. I know I got triggered in a million different ways. <laughs> but I suppose isn't that what life is about? Getting triggered and figuring stuff out. And motherhood was one of those things for me. And I think it's because I keep saying I've lost a year. It's, it's not fair. I'm 33. I'm staying 33. I'm not getting any older. I keep saying that to friends of mine. And they're kind of like, yeah, you've really got no choice in the matter. <laughs> one in particular, actually. My best friends, I told them that I wasn't having a birthday this year. that My birthday was cancelled and... They both said, yeah, we have a key to your house. That's not happening. (laughs) So if you're listening, Joe and Ashley, no birthday this year. It's not happening. But yeah, I was like, I'm 33. I'm not getting any older. I refuse. I refuse to add another year on from this year where I've spent six months locked down. And I was talking to a lot of other women out there and a lot of clients in clinic and we're all kind of on the same boat in that sense. And it's really kind of what triggered me doing this episode is because I realised that there are so many women in their 30s like myself who are like, this just, no, that it's not fair. We've lost a year of trying to meet someone or get pregnant and blah 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 all the stereotypical things of what women should do is meet someone get married have kids buy a house all that jazz and it's I've done an episode before on this where life doesn't go that way life isn't life is not like that that's a stereotype it's the norm it's the thing to do just for the sake of doing it but it's not actually how life has to be. It can be whatever it is you want to make it. For me, even though I joke about not getting older this year, (laughs) I am quite content. I am quite happy. Not all the time, obviously. Who is? But for the majority of things, I am quite content. I have a lot going for me in my life. I have a business that I love. 
I have a job that I love. I have my family who I love dearly and I have the most amazing people in my life. And I'm very grateful for that. But lockdown did make me think about motherhood and it brought me back to when I was a kid. And you know when you're a kid and you're in school and people ask you, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer was always, I want to be a mammy. That was it. Always wanted to be a mother. Back then, I wanted to have six kids. (laughs) Oh, little did I know as a child what children are actually like. (laughs) And I know I don't have any of my own, but I do have nieces and cousins that I love dearly. But yeah, I definitely don't want six anymore. (laughs) If anything, that number has lessened and lessened and lessened over the years. I'm down to one. I'd be extremely happy with one. And this was all before I even knew how babies were made. I will never forget when I got my period. I was nine going on ten or just gone ten. I can't fully remember. I was very young anyway. But around eight or nine, I didn't know what a period was. And... It was on some TV show and I was in my aunt's house and I was like, what is that? So I went out and I asked my aunt, what's a period? And her response was, okay, we, we need to wait for your, for your mam to come and she can talk to you about it. So she did. She pulled out the Reader's Digest and went through the anatomy and how, what periods were and how babies were made. And I remember sitting there on the bed looking at her and being like, no not happening that's never happening I'm never having babies I'm not doing that that's disgusting sex is disgusting and again if you've listened to this podcast regularly you know that's not my view on it anymore (laughs) but yeah I found it to be quite a strange thing and I was like really is that how babies are made but I got over it and the next few years passed, got, got my period. Felt like I'd become a woman, even though I was still a child. And the idea of kids was still always there for me. I still wanted six kids. I still wanted to have a big family. I think that's that comes from my family, my extended family. We're all very close. We're <clears throat> quite a large family with aunts and cousins and everything. And For the first year of my life, I grew up in my grandmother's house with my aunt and cousins and my parents and brother and sister. So there was always a lot of us there and I loved that. But then as the years went on, my period started getting really bad. So much so I'd be having bilious attacks. I vomiting, diarrhea, fainting. The pain would be horrific. I remember being in school so many times when it would come and my dad 
would come and pick me up. I don't know why my father was sent to pick me up because he's not a very tactful man. I love him to bits, but he's not a tactful man when it comes to periods. To this day, I still can't leave a pack of sanitary pads unopened on the kitchen worktop without him losing his shit. But he'd be sent for me. Possibly because I would need to be carried out of school. But he'd put me in the care and he'd always turn around and be like, it's a man's world. And I was like, yeah, it friggin' is. Please don't say that to me while I'm about to vomit all over the backseat of your care. But it got to the point where my periods were so bad that we, we had to go and get something checked out. And it wasn't even just the periods I actually... Yes, I need to retract that. It was one day I was in school and I had this searing pain in my right side and I couldn't move and I couldn't breathe and it was actually a cyst a ruptured ovarian cyst so we went to the doctor and then the doctor sent me on for investigations so I was about 15 and I was sent to the gynies and she was asking me my symptoms blah 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 told her and then she looked at my mother and said it could possibly be endometriosis. I was sitting there oblivious. I was like, okay, what's that? How can we fix this? And the next step was surgery. We got out to the care after that appointment and I looked at mom and I was like, what's that that she said? I don't know what that is. And now there's someone in my life very close to me who has this. And she says it's what she has. And straight away, my heart sank my sum- my stomach did a somersault and I looked at her and the tears came to my eyes the first question out of my mouth was am I going to be able to have kids and my poor mother's face I'll never forget it she, she was so pale she didn't know how, what to say all she could do was Say we won't know. We'll see. All we can do is stay positive. I was like, okay. What if I can't have kids, man? That's all I've ever wanted. I've only ever wanted to be a mother. I don't care about a profession. I just want to be a mother. Now again, I was I was young. I love my profession now. So went had the surgery, cysts on the ovaries, inflammation, a little bit of scarring. But they said, look, we'll put you on the pill. It'll stop everything in its tracks and we can go from there. And I was like, okay, cool. Don't be worrying about it now. There's no point. So I didn't. I forgot about it. I was put on the pill. My periods were great. It was nothing like before. And I know hearing that coming out of the woman who is constantly giving out about the pill sounds strange but when you're a teenager and you're going through that sort of pain you take your wins okay and plus I had no clue of what was happening I had no clue that the pill was actually masking a problem it was masking a condition I had no clue that once I come off the pill that certain things would come back you were not told these things 
But even though I am a woman who gives out about the pill all the time, I'm still very grateful for it. It relieved my pain. It got me through school. And then I started using it for contraception methods. When I had my, not my first boyfriend, my second boyfriend. But even though I didn't know if I was going to be able to have kids or not, I was always on the hopeful side. But at the same time, at 17, if I was able to get pregnant, I did not want to get pregnant. <laughs> the one thing I was always told in my house as a teenager was, if you come home pregnant, I'll break your face. <laughs> Lovely, I know. I think that was every Irish Catholic girl's fear coming home to tell their parents that they were pregnant at a young age I think it was ingrained in me so much that even now at 33 if I was to get pregnant I think there's still a little bit of residual fear left there <laughs> it was ingrained so deeply but I I was very grateful for the pill because when I was around 18 or 19 I ended up getting I'm not even going to say a scare, it's just my period was late. So yeah, I suppose I had a scare. My period was late. And in in saying that, like we doubled up because of that fear of being told my face would be broken. So there was condoms and a pill. But still, it was late. And I panicked. I'll never forget it. It was my first scare and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Mom's going to kill me. Dad's going to kill me. We can't afford kids. We're too young. And we were. I was 18 or 19. He was 23, 24 around that. And just panic. And then when my period did come, oh, the relief. I'm sure you've all been there. That relief of thank God. But in saying that, with that relief, also came the, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not going to have kids. Maybe I can't, again. I know, now, we doubled up. Back then, I lived a life in fear. Not so much anymore. But over the years, I never actually really knew if I could get pregnant. And I've had numerous surgeries and I've had blocked tubes and I have a bum ovary and all that. And it's only really in the last few years where it has actually become a prominent fear in my life. Not a prominent fear, but one that's always kind of there in the back of my head was, God, can I have kids? I don't know. And it was always there. The fear of not actually being a mother. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for Orla as a person? What would it mean if I didn't have kids? What would it mean if I didn't have any kids of my own? Would I adopt? Would I get a surrogate? These are all serious 
scenarios that have gone through my head over the last few years. And yeah, I have, I went down the road of both adoption and surrogacy in my head. Adoption is quite hard. Surrogacy is actually easier if you can find someone. Both very expensive. But I remember a friend saying to me, oh, about four years ago, that if I couldn't, that she'd carry for me. And I was like, there's no way in hell I could put you through that. And she was like, no, I love being pregnant. So now this friend has kids of her own and she's an amazing mother. But I was blown away that somebody would even offer to do that. And then thinking about the ideas of adoption and everything. It's like, yeah, if if it was possible, how long would it take? It can take anywhere up to 10 years. And then last year, I found out that I actually can get pregnant. And that's a story for another episode which is in the pipeline it is coming so the fears around the adoption and surrogacy have somewhat gone out the window because I know that I can conceive I still have fears that I may have problems conceiving in the future I have fears as a 33-year-old single woman. <laughs> like I said, I've decided I'm not having a birthday this year. I'm going to stay 33 right through till next year. Nobody needs to know. But thinking of actually becoming a mother in the future, it's brought up a lot of questions for me. And having my two amazing nieces in my life has brought up a lot of questions for me. Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a mother. To this day, people say to me, oh, you'll be a great mother, you'll be this, you'll be that. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know. I'm actually terrified I'm going to be a shit mother and maybe I shouldn't be one. (laughs) And that's purely down to lots of different things I'm like I very little patience I have quite a bit with the girls but still sometimes my patience is tested I'm afraid that I'll pass all my own insecurities onto them I'm afraid that I will fuck them up royally with how I rear them, how I bring them up. Will I leave them scared with childhood trauma? Will I will I put my own shit onto them? It's like these are all massive fears and they're something that has come up a lot over the last few months for me. Going from the fear of not being able to have kids to the fear of oh shit I might be a crap mother it's kind of two sides of the one coin 
It's quite a strange one. I fear not having them and then I fear having them and fucking them up. It's kind of ironic. But then I look at all the women in my life who are mothers. The women who are mothers to me. The women who I see and watch as mothers. And these are all women that I'm learning from. And as women, that's what we do. We learn from each other. We're a tribe. We are a tribe of women. I look at my own mother. I look at my grandmother. My aunts. Like there's a saying, it takes a village to rear a child. Well, by God, we had a village in our house, thank God. My mom went back to work very early after having me. I think it was like six weeks, but that was the done thing back then. And it was my aunts and my granny who looked after me. And my cousin as well. And they were all mothers to me in their own way. And I watch all their different styles. I watch my own mothers. I watch my Auntie Marys, my Aunt Septas. And I've realised that as a person, as who I am as a person, I have gotten traits from all of those women. The women who reared me. And then I look at my sister. And... From what I remember when we were younger, I never really heard her talk about wanting kids. She was never very vocal about it. And when she became pregnant with my el- my eldest niece, Isles, or Isla, she just became Mother Earth incarnate. And she's my biggest teacher for what it means to be a mother. She has so much patience for the girls. She has so much love and empathy and understanding and care for them, as every mother does. But when I see her and how she gives them the space that they need to become their own little humans, how when they cry, when they get upset, when they get angry, that everything's okay, that it's allowed. She's taught me what I want to do with my future kid if I have one. That if they get angry, I just sit there and let them be angry. And I do that with the two girls already. My youngest niece, Maya, got really angry one day. I didn't know why, didn't know what was wrong with her. There was peppers in her corn and she didn't want them. But she couldn't vocalise what was wrong with her. So I just sat there, held her. It took about 20 minutes. And then she looked up and said, sorry for being angry. And I was like, is that what's wrong with you? I didn't want the pepper. I was like, okay, that's cool. You're allowed to be angry. And she's like, okay. I was like, it's okay to feel your emotions. I never would have known to do that with a kid if I hadn't seen my sister do that. 
my sister has taught me to be a mother is to be a guide. It's to be a guide and be a protector for these little humans. We want the best for our kids. Anything any parent does for their child, they do it for what they feel is their best intention or for their best outcome. I'm so grateful to have these teachers in my life. My mother, who has taught me determination and hard work. It has to be done. We have to provide. My aunts for spoiling me red rotten. But also for holding space for me when needed to this day. If I can't get a hold of my mum, I'll get on to my aunts. And they're there, always. And my sister, teaching me the modern way of being a mother. Is it a modern, not so much a modern way. But a compassionate way. Letting little humans be little humans. And guiding them through the broad spectrum of emotions that we have. So yeah. Motherhood. A lot of questions. And a lot of fears. And I know I'm not the only one in it. And I think that's why I, I'm doing this episode this week. Because from all the women I've been talking to recently. I'm not the only one in this boat. I'm sure there are a lot more out there. What I've come to realise after all my journaling and self-analysation is that it's okay to have fears. I had fears for years that I couldn't be a mother. Then I found out that I can actually conceive. And now I have fears of, what if I'm a crap mother? But I think it's good to have fears. These kind of fears. I think if I didn't have that, then I probably would be a crap mother. (laughs) Who's to say I still won't be? (laughs) I did an episode for my birthday last year. Am I where I wanted to be at 33? And I went through all the different stages of life where I thought I would be. And the one thing that I have learned through COVID is that I can't plan anything. What's going to happen is going to happen and when it's going to happen is when it's going to happen. I can't control it, so I just have to let go. But it's still okay to have some fears and worries around what kind of parent or mother I will be. And when the time comes, I know I will have my village 
walking beside me through it. I'm very grateful for that. So that's this week's episode of Orla's Happy Hormones. Again, like I said, just the rambling thoughts of my weird mind. I feel it's valid for the amount of women I've been speaking to lately who, whose minds have wandered to the same areas. For anyone who doesn't know for certain whether or not they can have kids, I understand your fears. Please don't let them consume you. Still live your life. Because you just don't know. And no, I didn't. And now I do. I had to go through my own process around that at that time. I had to heal a lot of stuff within me since then. But like I said, an episode for another day. For all the women who are terrified they're going to be crappy mothers, take it as a good sign. If you have the awareness or the fears around what you're going to do or you're, what you're afraid you're going to be like as a mother, you have that awareness. That's huge. That means you're not actually going to do the things that you're afraid of doing. So please take solace in that. And for me, I'm just going to keep doing me quite happily. And wherever the wind may take me, we'll see. So happy Friday and happy hormones. <laughs>